0: Hi, I'm Adam Sanford. I'm an academic life coach and professor in Los Angeles.
1: And I'm Dinur Bloom. I'm a college professor in Los Angeles. And this is Learning Made Easier, a podcast where we discuss how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. Welcome back to Learning Made Easier. You're listening to the COVID-19 Special Episodes.
0: This podcast is about effective learning and effective teaching. And now we all have to do this with a new wrinkle provided by COVID-19, the novel coronavirus, which is sweeping the world in a pandemic, the likes of which we have not seen since AIDS, polio, and the 1918 Spanish flu.
1: As a result of COVID-19, many universities, colleges, K-12 through schools have either closed down or moved to distance learning, which for most teachers means going online. In this special COVID-19 series, we'll unpack some of the major issues teachers and students are facing, as well as ways to deal with these issues.
0: Now, please note, we are not going to pull punches here. We are going to be direct and blunt about what can be done and what can't be done. We're not going to be able to tell you how to keep things just the way they used to be. That's not possible. So with that in mind, let's move forward. This will also be the final episode in this series for now unless new issues involving COVID-19 and higher education show up and if that happens we'll bring the series back to talk about those issues. Feel free to send an email to adam at undergradeasier.com if there's a COVID-19 education issue you'd like to hear about from us.
1: This is our 18th episode in the series creating discussion board questions with Bloom's Taxonomy. We're heading into a completely online semester at our campuses and as a result we won't be able to have fun in class activities. Completely online also means completely asynchronous because many of our students work in essential jobs or have caretaking responsibilities at home, and it is unfair and inequitable to expect them to show up for live video conferencing calls at set times. But that means in-class activities have to be replaced with something meaningful that both contributes to their learning and helps them get some interaction with their classmates. The go-to online class solution for this dilemma is discussion boards.
0: Now, discussion boards can seem boring if the questions aren't formulated well. Ideally, you want questions that tap into learning at different levels from memorization to evaluation. So, Denora and I suggest using Bloom's Taxonomy to create your discussion board questions. Several years ago, I developed a set of question stems based on Bloom's Taxonomy. I use this along with my written lectures and my lists of terms and concepts to create meaningful, deep, interesting questions for my students. So here's that list. We'll go over it, and we'll provide a Google Doc link to it in the show notes. Define this thing. List those things. Describe that other thing. Explain this idea. Give an example of that idea. How does this lesson relate to a current event? Describe the event and explain how the lesson
1: relates to it. Compare and contrast two ideas or two theories outline. Why is something important or significant for us to study at this point in history? Classify or categorize. What solutions would you suggest for? Suppose you could. What would you do?
0: Prioritize or rank order this stuff. What criteria would you use to do something? Do you agree with whatever it is that you're talking about? And what is the most important thing you learned from this lecture, and why?
1: These question stems all draw on different parts of Bloom's taxonomy. This pedagogical tool was developed in the 1950s to help teachers understand how the cognitive process works during learning, and how students can progress from simple memorization to full-on mastery of a subject. It rank orders the different levels of learning, so we can guide students from simpler cognitive tasks into deeper, more involved tasks, As they work toward mastery. Bloom's Taxonomy divides questions into six main types. Knowledge, comprehension, application, analysis, synthesis, and evaluation. These six types of questions allow us to get a good picture of a student's level of learning.
0: Now knowledge questions are straight memorization. Do they know the term? Do they know its definition? Can they describe the thing they're learning about? Typical knowledge questions and activities will involve things like defining a term, finding information, learning by repetition, matching exercises, quoting material, identifying concepts, describing ideas, and memorizing information. Now these are fairly low level exercises and expectations, especially at the college level, but they're also foundational to most of the other things we ask and expect college students to
1: do. Comprehension questions are one step up from knowledge. In this area, we want to know, do they understand it? Can they summarize it? Typical comprehension questions and activities involve things like categorizing concepts, annotating text, paraphrasing quotations, journaling about their learning, gathering information, comparing and contrasting, grouping similar ideas, and commenting on the material and on their learning. These activities are also fairly low-level, but again, foundational to being able to do higher forms of college-level work.
0: Now, application questions move the student into activities like choosing which concepts are important, examining material for important ideas, integrating two or more ideas together, giving examples of concepts, experimenting with new ways of using ideas, and charting or graphing what they've learned so far. Here, students are building medium-level skills that rest on the knowledge and comprehension steps they've already experienced.
1: Analysis questions require the student to actively work with the ideas and concepts that they're learning. Typical questions and activities here will ask the student to calculate answers, categorize ideas, mind map concepts, illustrate information, organize what they've learned, classify items, estimate outcomes, and explain their work. These activities move students toward the higher level skills they need to do the work expected in a college environment.
0: Now, synthesis questions require students to show they can use the information they've learned, integrate it together, produce something that hasn't existed before, and explain the process of how they got there. Typical questions and activities at this level expect students to create new connections, develop new ideas, explain what they're doing, relate ideas together to produce new knowledge, plan a new way to organize information, and assemble a finalized product so they can present it to others. And these are skills they'll need when doing a research project or writing a research paper. They're both typical college level work.
1: Finally, evaluation questions ask the students to show they can not only explain what they've learned, but defend what, they've, what they're learning. Typical questions and activities at this level will ask the student to argue a position, assess the validity of information, present hypotheses to be tested, predict what will happen in a given situation, debate with other students about the merits of certain outcomes, and judge information presented to them in class. The skills they develop here are expected in any class that involves ethics or ambiguous situations and one of the most valuable skill sets they can learn in a college environment.
0: So with this list of categories, and you can find many different takes on Bloom's taxonomy that give key verbs for each level of the taxonomy with a simple Google search. Let's look again at the question stems I developed for discussion board questions. We'll also give examples of each one from classes we're currently prepping for our coming semester. So knowledge. The stems here are define, list, or list and define, or list and describe, describe and outline. So defining, listing, describing, and outlining, these are all skills that are in the knowledge level. And in this area, students are expected to recognize what they learned when it's presented in the same way or in a similar way to the way they learned it or learned about it.
1: For example, in my sociology of law class, I'll have questions like, define legal consciousness. Or in a theory class, list Weber's types of legitimacy. Or what are Durkheim's four types of suicide? These are easy to find in the books or the slides, and they're things we cover in lecture. So with these questions, it's as much about seeing who pays attention to their readings and classes as anything.
0: For my upcoming globalization class, I have questions like define food insecurity, or list and briefly define the four issues globalization scholars focus on, or outline the four-step modernization process as proposed by modernization theorists. These are all basic takes on the lecture or the textbook, Go find this information and report back what you found.
1: Very basic, very straightforward. Comprehension. The stems for this are explain or compare and contrast. Explanation is one way to demonstrate understanding, especially in writing. Finding the similarities and differences through comparing and contrasting is another. In this area, the students are expected to interpret what they're learning now based on what they've already learned
0: so for my globalization prep i have a question like explain the main points of weber's analysis of how capitalism developed or compare and contrast modernization theory and dependency theory this requires a little more effort from the students because they're no longer just looking up and parroting back what they found in the book they now have to go beyond that and make the information clear to the people reading their responses explaining it is more than just saying this is what it is you also have to explain how the pieces go together. When it comes to application, these kinds of question stems include give an example and a longer stem, how does this lesson relate to a current event? Describe the event and explain how the lesson relates to it. Now you can either let them choose their own current event or you can pick one for them, like this current event right now, the situation going on with COVID-19, how does this lesson relate to that, right? Giving examples and relating one thing to another These are important application skills, and in this area, the students are expected to complete tasks or solve problems without a lot of help from the instructor. They're learning how to do it on their own. This stage is the beginning of students needing to not just complete the question by giving an answer, but starting to look at their own reasons for the answer and the reasoning for the answer with a critical eye. For my globalization course, I have a question like, give an example of a low income nation and explain what makes it a low income nation. This checks their ability to show that they can give reasons for their choices. That requires developing reasoning skills. Now, the current event question, I allow students to pick their own event and show their reasoning, and that moves them way beyond just reporting on information that they've learned, because now they have to explain how they got there.
1: For analysis, question stems are classify or categorize. What criteria would you use to prioritize or rank order? In this area students are expected to be able to relate what they've learned to larger questions that may not have perfectly defined or completely straightforward answers they're also expected to explain what they're doing through their answers
0: so when my stem says classify or categorize normally we would pick one or the other so either classify this or categorize that same thing for prioritize or rank order prioritize these or rank order those and in this kind of question your class is going to need to provide things that they can classify or categorize. One question I'm using from this area in my globalization prep is, what criteria would you use to categorize a nation as extremely poor versus moderately poor using the UN standards? Another question along these lines is, rank order the items in the UN Millennium Plan in order of how much help they give people and explain your rankings.
1: In my Deviant Behavior course, I'll have students analyze and apply theories and apply those theories to a movie such as Boys in the Hood. So drawing on previous levels, I might ask my students something like compare and contrast three theories or concepts in class, explain them, and now show me how they explain what we see in the movie. So if a student decides to write about social disorganization theory, they have to explain to me what this is and give me three scenes that depict it, explaining how they do. And I will also ask my students out of these concepts, which offers the strongest explanation and why and so it's taking them from just defining these theories to now they have to compare and contrast the merits and show me how they can explain different events that they see in the film.
0: And that actually takes them into evaluation which we'll get to in a minute but in between analysis and evaluation we have synthesis and synthesis stems that there's the current event question again because they are relating it to another event, so they're tying them together, that's synthesizing, but also asking them to suggest solutions for a problem. So what solutions would you suggest for this thing? And in this area, the student is now responsible for integrating what they know and creating something new that goes beyond what they originally learned. They're also expected to defend their answers at this stage. So asking students to provide solutions and, again, relating two things together, totally synthesis-centered questions. For a class like globalization or law and society or any course in the social sciences, current events are pretty thick on the ground these days. But you can also do this in STEM classes, change the question from a current event to a current problem that needs to be solved in mechanical engineering or in chemistry, for example. And in the humanities, current events can illuminate themes in stories and poetry and art or provide a basis for dance and theatrical performance, and many other possibilities. So don't limit yourself to just the social science here's a current event. How does it tie to the lesson? You could also ask them to find a current event that ties to the poetry they just read, or the Shakespeare play that they just went over.
1: I teach sociology of law, criminology, and deviant behavior courses, so it's pretty easy to pick current events and ask my students how a theory or a concept explains the current event. So for example, we might look at news comments about a protest and use legal consciousness to explain differences in attitudes on the comments or on the posts. My theory students have to write a term paper where they pick a social problem, they explain or they describe it with both news sources and academic sources, and then they can use three or more concepts from class to either explain the problem, figure out a solution to it, or both. I then have these students explain which of their concepts either offers the strongest explanation or the best way of solving their social problem and why? And that leads us into evaluation. And question stems for evaluation are, why is something important or significant for us to study at this moment in history? Suppose you could. What would you do? Do you agree? What is the most important thing you learned from this lecture and why? In this area, students have to take a position, evaluate what they've learned, make some judgments about it, and defend those judgments.
0: So here I'll ask questions like, suppose you could propose one solution for global hunger. What would you do? Or do you agree with modernization theorists' solution to global famine? Why or why not? For the why is this important? Substitute a concept from your class. Why is global famine important for us to study at this point in history? These kinds of questions require students to take positions and argue ethical issues, and those, those can create some of the most engaging discussions you will
1: ever see. I ask my students as discussion board questions, what is the most important or surprising thing that they've learned from a given unit, and why? And part of their extra credit reflection, should they choose to do it, asked, what are the most important or surprising things they've learned from the class overall and why? It lets me see where they were, and it lets students see the changes they've made and experienced in one class over one term. Using these question stems allows you to present students with a variety of challenging questions for whatever level they're at. It also makes sure your discussion boards won't be boring.
0: So that's what we have for you. In this special episode of Learning Made Easier. Please send this to other professionals and students who may be facing these issues. The easiest link to share is probably our Patreon, patreon.com slash learning made easier. If you are able to support us right now, we would really appreciate it.
1: This also brings us, for now, to the end of the COVID-19 special series. If new issues related to teaching and COVID show up, we will bring the series back and talk about those issues feel free to send an email to adam at undergradeasier.com if there's a COVID-19 education issue you would like to hear about. In the meantime, keep listening for our regular episodes every Monday. You've been listening to Learning Made Easier, a podcast about how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap.
0: We want to say thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon who make this podcast
1: possible. If you want to support us, please go to www.patreon.com slash learningmadeeasier. And we look forward to seeing you next week.